Thank you for tuning into Sochcast. We hope you enjoy this uninterrupted listening experience. But before that, please do listen to these messages that come from those that support your favorite show. Raj Nayak's talk show Fridays Live features high-profile guests from various walks of life who engage in a free-flowing and inspiring chat with him. Good evening and welcome to Fridays Live with me, Raj Nayak. Thank you for being here and on this live chat we bring in guests from different walks of life and today's guest is somebody very special she is a politician uh, she is a uh, president of the Bharatiya Yuva Morcha and uh, two second time parliamentarian from Mumbai Northwest constituency Poonam Mahajan Poonam thank you very much for being with us here this evening Thank you so much, Raj. It's so wonderful to see you in... Yes, I know, I know. Uh, so, we were just speaking. I mean, um, one of the things, you know, I had read about it, but then we were just speaking and you just told me about dogs. And, you know, I thought, let me start with something that we have so much in common about. So, tell me about your dogs. Let's start with the dogs. You know, people start with all serious stuff. Let's start with something more... Uh, something different. More relatable, more human. <laughs> Human. Exactly. Yes. Uh, actually, when I was a kid, I was petrified of dogs, so scared of them. And uh, my brother Rahul, and uh, he started, uh, he was always with my other friend, my childhood friend Gitanjali used to, you know, take this little pups, stray pups, play with them. Then he got one dog at home. And it took like a month for me. I used to only sleep and walk on my sofas because I could not understand how to play with a dog and what that dog will do, which a lot of us have that kind of fear. But then since then, uh, I think I never look back. And though it's dogs uh, taking care of cats, some bird falls down. I've always been an activist to working towards that. And it's been wonderful because what they teach you is they teach you a lot of compassion. And I always talk about living beings. We say human beings, but we have to talk about living beings. Um, I became vegetarian because I believe not because a certain religion or caste I have to follow. I want to believe that this is what a humanity has to follow. And there are a lot of certain things which I started believing in. But that one dog, my little stray at home called Sweetie, I really miss her. She started and now I have two dogs. In between I get dogs who are unwell. They come and stay with me, get better. Sometimes we lose them. So my house is a small zoo. I mean, if the bird has fallen and we have a set of friends. So we work a lot in wildlife also and with little dogs also and thankfully my daughter's also in it so it's a good family thing we're doing so your parents also loved dogs when uh, you were young i mean the family so my everybody... father was uh, not petrified but he was not a dog friendly person okay. he used to come and touch the dog and he says okay fine like how you know how it is in our households uh, my grandmother never liked dogs uh, it, it was because of my brother and then my mom you know, when you're younger, though you want a dog to play with, but when there is a responsibility of a dog, mommy and daddy have to take care of. So my mother was quite uh, compassionate and loving. So we learned that. But in the house, yes, many of us are complete dog lovers. And any dog, I mean, my daughter now with the lockdown, we go down every evening. This is the time actually we go down and feed Raja, the three-legged dog, Chip. My daughter has all her friends around the building. So she does that. And I feel good that I didn't have to teach her. It just comes within. And that living being, we have to work for. 
Yeah. And how many, how many, uh, what have you named them? You said you have two dogs. So, uh, I have an old man who's 14 years old. Wow. I mean, that's as old as your son, right? Almost. My son is 15, yes. So, my, uh, uh, this dog was got by my husband because I was really down after my father's death. And he knew this would be the cheering up factor in my life. So, he came, his name is Biscuit. He's a beagle. And Biscuit is this, uh, you know, you have Buddha behind you, that whole calm dog who never barks really quiet. So Biscuit has always been the quieter, nice, you know, Shantwala ghar mein achha sa doggy. But then I got in between, of course, there are many dogs came and went. I got now, uh, just how you're married it is, my Moon Princess is there. She's same black colored Cocker Spaniel. Oh. And Moon Princess is also two years old. She was, how we got her, there is a story behind this. So in Bangalore, there was a, a dog breeder. And breeding also should have rules because I was heading the animal welfare board in Maharashtra officially. So there are rules. So this man, when he sold dogs, a lot of people bought the male puppies. They didn't want to keep the female puppy. So Moon Princess was the only left out and someone told me nobody's taking the dog. So I just picked her up and got her from Bengaluru and got her here in Mumbai. And she's this naughty child we have at home. And she is fun. She, she's fun. But they change your life, don't they? This is change your life because it's such an unconditional love. Of course, you have your children, but they just come to you for love and they just give you. I think dogs take a lot of negative energy from you. And when you touch them, you love them. They, I feel, I mean, this is really eerie. You will find it. My biscuit, when he came, I was really under depression after my father. There were so many ups and downs in my life. Day by day, I could see biscuit really looking tired. So I always felt whenever Biscuit came close to me, he tried to take that pain away from me. And then Biscuit started becoming very slow. So I don't know how to explain this to you, but they want to, they're so loyal to you. They want to give you more than, you know, taking it from you. Guys, if you're watching this, this is Poonam Mahajan telling you, and this is, I really believe it. You know, a dog can really change your life. So if you don't have one, Go out and adopt one. Any animal, I'm telling you. I mean, so many. Uh, I still remember when we fought for this case, you know, those horse buggies on the marine drive. Yeah. So we were all together, me, my friend Ambika, we got together and we fought this case. We won the case because I could see the epithy of those horses falling down, dying. So it's, it's about living beings and dogs. They're wonderful. I mean, what can I say? Uh, before I move on, I just want to just mention, you know, it's funny that you said that. Uh, Meredith came home because when my mother died and I was very close to my mother I know. Uh, and before that for we had a dog about 16 years ago who passed away called Floozy. So after she died, we said we'll never keep a dog at home because emotionally, you know, it, it, uh, uh, yeah. you feel very bad. It's like a family member going away. Right. And, uh, and my daughter, both my daughters kept asking for a dog and my wife used to say, no way, no way. But when my mother died, they used that as a tool to tell my wife, saying, dad is very depressed. And, you know, if you bring a dog home, he'll be happy. So one evening when I came home, Meredith was there as a present for me. So, you know. I saw that on Instagram and I congratulated you. I said, who is this lovely little girl in your family? Because I understand that. Here, actually, the mother's ready. Uh, my children have to push the father. Tell him, Ki, Papa, one more, one more. <laughs> so there is ultra fight going on all the time. But yes. Something about your childhood, you know, uh, you've grown up in Mumbai, right? I mean, yes, you've grown yes. up in Mumbai. so tell me about all memories you have about your childhood, funny moments you have about your childhood, something that you still laugh about, 
you know, and how was it going to school, college, because you were the daughter of a illustrious politician, you know, and he was a cabinet minister, uh, not once, many times. And uh, so in that kind of an environment that you grew up, so how was it going to college and uh, school and... Actually, um, my father's rise was so fast that we could not cope up with it because he never made us realize that he was rising. And maybe he made his life so properly planned. His plans were so perfect. It was typical Baba in his lungi, his favorite white lungi, Baba coming home and watching really, you know, Dilip Kumar movies with me, talking, chatting, eating on time. So for us, our father, and we didn't realize when growing up that he was growing so larger than life. Um, I was born in Chembur, Mumbai, and I was born in Joy Hospital. So I was always joyous. <laughs> yeah, that's something, again, something we have in common. Yeah. Oh. Happy. Yeah. It is. Yes. That's why you're cheerful, and I try my best. Of course, uh, sometimes it gets difficult when you are in a profession where uh, trying to please people, but it doesn't work out. So yes, I was born in Joy Hospital in 1980, December 9th. Um, my parents had come from Maratwada, small little village in near Ambezogai, to make their lives in 1975 or so after my father came out of jail from emergency. My brother was just a year old and they shifted to Chembur. So I was a proper Mumbai girl. I always tease my brother to Gaumwala or Meshair Valu, but I was a proper Chembur Chi Mulgi. And you know, my father was the eldest in the family. So it's always a lot of people in that two bedroom hall kitchen house. So many people coming in politically and BJP was also growing. BJP was born in 1980. So, you know, food made for everyone, working for everyone. That time we needed help, uh, had help. And my mo mother used to cook. We used to serve people. My grandmother was there. So life was, it was open doors. Like how it is not right now. The families are becoming smaller. That time it was, everything was so vibrant. Maybe childhood is always vibrant when you look back. And it was always fun. I had a lot of friends. Um, I went to a Marathi medium school. So there was also a story behind this. My mother told my father, Ki, now we are in Mumbai and there are so many people going to English medium school. You know how mothers are, they want their children to do well. Yeah. And why don't we try to put her in A convent or B convent? My father said, no, chalega hi nahi. I'm Pramod Mahajan. I learned from a small little village. And now I can speak at United Nations also in proper chaste English. My children will also do that. So my entire education was in Marathi medium school. First I went to Sayan, then we shifted to Worli and I went to Balmo and Vidya Mandir. Uh, of course, illustrious, good Marathi school. But I think my English till my ninth standard, eighth standard, Ram went to Sita, Sita met Gita. You know how that, this is how we learned. But I was really, later on when I look back in my life, learning from your, yes, your childhood, that you learn, your mother tongue is such a strength for you. Yeah. I always tell a lot of people when I go abroad for meetings, I say, people don't connect with people with religion or anything. They connect with bhashas, with languages. And when you have your mother tongue, whoever you are, you must be a Khan or a Joshi. But if you speak the same language, Very that good. love is absolutely different. You know, I have that huge advantage in Mumbai. I speak to France. Uh, I speak to them in Tulu or Canada. Ah. And like, I can get a table anytime I want. <laughs> good. I have to learn that too. I mean, in Mumbai, you have to learn many languages. The Gujarati, then Tulu and Canada. And Konkani also. Yes. Yes. 
But yeah, but that's how the childhood was. Uh, very happy. And my father never made us realize that he was so big. So he never understood that my father was so important in a political circle for country's future, for policy making. We just grew well. And then I studied a little bit here and there. I was always a naughty child, uh, wanted to do whatever I wanted. My mother always pushed me to do certain things. I'm a Bharatnatyam trained dancer. So it's been 14. I did a 14 year proper course with Bharatnatyam, but never did Arangetram. So my race And this happened with, with my profession also in many different. Now in politics, of course, I won first race, will be winning second race. So two times MP. But before that, maybe I was, you know, right now we understand how teenagers, their mental health is all about ADHD, ADD. That time, if you don't understand anything, so those times and this time, uh, I really tried. I did my flying course. My brother was a pilot in Jet Airways. I did my flying course. And the childhood is always whatever we wanted. Our parents were quite open about it. And it was a good connect, a uh, lot of respect for each other. Uh, amazing memories, uh, so many memories. I mean, I, I still remember in 1984 when uh, uh, BJP really lost all the seats and we had won two. And uh, it was a complete, uh, from 1980 to 84, my father also had contested an election and he lost and we were okay about it because Jeetane Konwala tha at that time. But in 1986, my father went, um, so he won the Rajya Sabha seat. That was his first time entering in parliament. I was just six years old and a Marathi medium girl who did not know how to pronounce member of parliament. So my mother took one hour because I had to distribute pedhas in my small little Guru Ashish building in Chembur. My mother gave me this pedha, uh, pedha ka dibba. And she said, Beta jau sabko deo. Mene kya bolu ni? Mene papa jeet ke. Mene kis jeete? We didn't know anything. She said, say member of parliament ho ge. Parliament. My mother also said that. I said, member of parliament? Achha, theek hai. Must be something really important. For a six-year-old, I mean, my daughter knows as much better than me at seven. And I asked her, mom, this is a very tough member of parliament. I can't say it. Could you please help me? She said, MP ho ge, bol dena. So I said, okay. <laughs> But half of aunties who got pedas did not understand what MP was. But I was so excited. So these are small little things we used to look at things. Uh, in 1996, when I was 16, uh, it was the first NDA government. And uh, I just saw my father swearing in, first time seeing Rashtrapati Bhavan. So there are so many memories which are connected. I still remember in 1986, this I must tell you, my father was in Rajya Sabha, he called all of us to Delhi. So it was our first trip in Delhi through Rajdhani with my Ajji, my mother, everyone sitting in that Rajdhani coach. We reached there and uh, I saw Rajya Sabha, all red seats sitting there. And I was sitting on the wing, uh, the, gal uh, the gallery. And from the gallery, I was looking at my father. So I saw the Prime Minister, that time's Prime Minister, uh, Rajiv Gandhi, his whole cabinet sitting and talk, uh, talking about certain things. Discussion was going on. So I was looking for my father in those 250 people. This from top, you can't see. Yes. My father realized my daughter is trying to look out. He, where is my Baba? So when the prime minister was speaking, suddenly my, fa my father gets up from the opposition benches. He said, it's wrong. This is not going right. Something was going. So then suddenly, maybe the prime minister was speaking or someone else was speaking. They're saying, Pramoji, shant rahiye. I will reply to you. But then I came to know my father just looked at me. Your father's here. 
So these are the little memories. Uh, yeah. uh, just I cherish it so well. I mean, my mother and father really made me and Rahul believe that whatever we can do, we can do it. And you know, my father always said, mistakes are to be made to make yourself better. Now I understand that whatever he said at that time, which I used to say, what are you talking about? And now I'm saying, oh, this is what he said. So these are the challenges we saw and it was a wonderful childhood, wonderful childhood. So Poonam, I'm going to hold you there. I'm, I'm going to, uh, there's so many things you've told me, I've, it's, I'm just trying to <laughs> Coming back, I mean, uh, you mentioned Rahul, your brother. I mean, uh, he's the elder one, right? Yes. He's the elder one. Again, the same question. <laughs> I do look older, yeah. but he is the one. No, no. Uh, so, the, so, so the, the reason I asked you this is, uh, being a younger sibling, you know, do you think that has uh, in some way impacted your personality? Because you know, it's in every household, the younger sibling, elder sibling has a different personality and it gets influenced, right? So do you think uh, in some way being the younger one as a... You know, I was always um, in my own world and on my own. I don't know how that happened because... Uh, that's how I was. And my brother as an older sibling didn't have any much of a pressure on me. Of course, we did not get along as when we were kids. Now we are perfectly all right looking at life. Right? Did you beat oh, up each other? He used to be a little tough with me, but uh, he was quite fine. I mean, we used to chit. What he used to do was he used to purposely in childhood, he used to be this commander and we are the army men. And me, my cousin used to make us run. You know, he used to trouble us in such silly ways. It was quite fun. Yeah. But uh, we have a, almost a five and a half years gap. So, you know, that longer, larger gap. Uh, he has his own life. Then he flew off to learn flying. I was here. So there is no influence as such. But we try to support each other strongly. And as a younger sibling, uh, you always feel life is easy. But for as a younger sibling also, uh, I had to take over the life very strongly after my father. But it's, it's been wonderful. Like, though I'm a younger sibling, my brother asked me a lot, what should I do? So that means I'm doing quite okay. He's <laughs> <laughs> been quite supportive. Yeah. So tell me something. I mean, uh, you, he, did, he went to become a pilot and you did your pilot course. And you also not, which is something that you just revealed is you're a classical Bharatanatyam dancer. But so tell me, when you were growing up, was politics ever something in the back of your head or that happened by default? In a sad part... Was uh, a different career, right? No, in this profession, especially political profession, we do not know how to differentiate people coming from the family to join politics. And we differentiate them. See, I understand... Uh, you have a last name, but it becomes very difficult to reach out to a certain place with certain ideology. But, you know, politics at that time, which is right now how youngsters are looking at it, was not like that. First of all, politicians were not very much liked. Now the perception is, okay, fine, though this person might be okay, I can ask questions. First it was, you know how that, you know, sarcasm was always very much on the high pitch. And uh, that's why thinking of politics as a career was, I think, on nobody's uh, back of their minds because it was not even looked at that way. But slowly, slowly, 
maybe I went out a lot with my father for his rallies. I have these old photos my mother was showing me where I was the one allowed to sit on the stage with him because a little tiny little girl. When Ram Rath Yatra happened, I still remember uh, we uh, went to see Advani ji and my father's Rath in Pune, and it's huge, massive rally was there. in 1990 and uh, we went in car we met with an accident we had to go by another car i reached there and my father was there see how it comes into you it cannot be a career but how do you learn from it so i met my father my father was worried because we had met with an accident you know this 9 10 year old girl my father sat with me on that large humongous stage and we were playing with flowers he said what's happening with you what did rahul dada do what i is doing and all that conversation was happening and advani ji was about to speak Suddenly, in Pune crowd, people started screaming. Poor Pramod ji, ab bhi bolie. Pramod ji, ab. My father's strength was his oratory that all of us knew. So Pramod ji, ab bhi bolie. My father saying, "I'm not on list. I'm sitting with my daughter. I'm handling other things. Please go ahead." But there was so much of that, you know, support that uh, people wanted him to speak. He suddenly got up, and then for next thirty, forty minutes, the speech he gave. brilliant speech logical speech and public support towards him you know you learn from it somehow directly or indirectly you understand you don't understand the magnanimity and that kind of um, um adulation strength of a person yes and that hard work behind that person i mean now people talk about from 1990 1992 ratha yatra ho the concept of bjp ho and when we were young people my father made that rath out of that matador and we used to play on it to have ice cream because the ice cream shop was right next to that garage but then you understand how you were part of that history how it was imbibing inside you coming somewhere you were actually soaking it like a sponge still i never thought politics would have been my career because i was such an activist uh, i got married early also i had my son when i was 23 24 uh i always thought i can help my father in his constituency with ngos again with animals younger children because i had my knack for it uh, but it didn't work out and life changed yeah so very sad the tragic circumstances under which your father passed away but then after that uh, you got into politics and uh, it wasn't easy isn't it because the first election that you fought you lost badly from katkopar oh Even really badly. Yeah. I mean, there's no other. It was a disaster. It was a disaster. Yeah, and from there you have worked your way upwards to who, where you are today, the president of the Bharatiya Yuva Morcha, where people like your own father, Rajnath Singh, uh, Shivraj Singh Chauhan, and all have occupied the chair. So to come and sit on the same chair today, I, I think I'm sure your father must be feeling very proud of you. uh so tell me it's been a it's a struggle isn't it i mean uh to i think you joined politics in 2006 is that right am i am i right so it's taken you 14 years now you know like ramji's one boss <laughs> it's taken you 14 years to reach where you reached so can you tell me tell us what the struggle is i'm sure your viewers would like to know uh and i'm asked this question more important because being a woman has its glass ceiling in corporate life no matter what we say you know uh, it's there it is there and you and i know that because we have both been at the forefront of uh, uh, gender equality uh, so tell me and being a leader in politics so can you tell us a little more about your how it is to be a woman in politics in the first place and your own journey so i'll tell you quickly first about 
how as a woman I feel in politics. I feel nothing. I just feel I'm a person who is in this political circle and political party where I have and I've been blessed to work on policies with the greatest leader in this world under his leadership as our prime minister. And I'm an MP at a time where everyone are looking at India. They're looking through the prime minister. They're looking at us. And I've got an opportunity. I don't feel if there is a man sitting next to me or woman. Both are my competition. So once someone asked me, I think Barka had asked me in some program, how do you feel as a woman in politics and glass ceiling? I said, look, uh, my bringing up was so equal. Uh, I always say my brother makes better tea than me. Uh, he can be better at kitchen planning than me. Does not mean that he can't plan and I can't plan it. We really handle each other. This was our bringing up. My father never said, Tum beti ho to late asakti or wo beta hai to late, you know. It, the late nahi asakti or beta hai to. So there was always, if my brother is becoming pilot, oh Poonam, why don't you try it? That was my, my father's line. So when you don't see that when you're, uh, you know, you're growing up, I never felt that I'm uh, having any issues with that. But yes, there are a lot of compulsions for women uh, in the sense when you're in this open world, I never say it's man's world. I just say it's a world where I'm just in this competition to fight and win and go forward and learn from it. Uh, I feel good now I'm in the right time in politics as a woman politician, if you want to look at that way. When um, Germany, you look at it, the chancellor is there for, I think, four terms. When you say New Zealand's prime minister, when you look at so many other countries, it makes me realize that empathy, <laughs> sincerity and loyalty is not at all a weakness of a leader. Now it's become a strength of a woman to become a leader. Now they want a leader to be, you know, have compassion, sincerity, loyalty. I think women have that inbuilt. So as I always said, in some time, there won't be any women or men leader. There'll be only leaders in the world. And I would like to show, show it to everyone. My daughter on uh, Women's Day gifted me this on my phone, which says uh, the future is female. Yeah. So no, my seven-year-old also knows that. <laughs> in fact, both my daughters, uh, my wife also, all of them have a necklace which says feminist, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and I think you should be wearing that more than uh, a woman has to wear that. We need to fight for each other. And why I talk about gender equality also as a woman, that women empowerment can only be achievable when there is a gender equality in our society, in our thinking. Then only women empowerment can be enriched and we can come together. That's why for me, uh, I, I always there's a man and a woman. I'm in this competition. I have to work hard. I have to be very clear with myself, loyal to my work, to my constituents, the people who believe in me. And I just move. I'm very hopeful in life. Maybe that really helps me. But I was not like that before. For your second question, 2006, when I joined politics, I really had no idea why and what I'm doing. Because I thought it will be just like any other profession, which will be, you know, how corporate ladders are. You have to look at it. But of course, I know even corporate world, the politics is uh, very well known. So I always tell my few corporate friends that please don't blame us. You guys do more politics than us. So it's the word is always stuck to us, but it's not like that. It's about human behavior and how your responsibilities are. So 2006, when I joined politics, I believe that, oh God, I'm so amazing. I'm so great. I'll get everything. That arrogance or that belief now as a 26 year old girl, I believe that that was my belief, but I did not understand that was converting into an arrogance saying that I know everything. 
uh, and because of that, uh, first few years of my political career went really up and down, which is very natural. But one thing I always believe, accept your mistakes, learn from it. And when you're a clean person from inside, you just have to portray it properly, which we all have to learn in life. Uh, so 2009, of course, a drastic, uh, disastrous, uh, uh, my defeat in uh, Vidhan Sabha election. From there, then I started working. I worked in Maharashtra as a youth wing general secretary. Then I became national vice president for youth wing. Then slowly, slowly, I became BGP's national secretary. My father was also national secretary, then became the youth wing president. But that took time for me, took a lot of uh, hard work. Many mistakes, many mistakes, how to speak, how to sit, how to talk, what to talk and what not to talk, which what is very important. <laughs> important is what not to talk. That I'm still learning. But yeah, so that I'm learning. That's why I don't go on TV much because I'm still into that what not to talk learning process. <laughs> and that that maturity is very much required. But I'm grateful to my defeat, my mistakes, which now got me here. And which I'll be making more and more mistakes, but now there'll be more controlled mistakes. Maybe I can actually, before making a mistake, try to control it and do better from it. And 2014, after everything, 2014 was an interesting year because uh, I asked for a ticket from another constituency. I could not get it. So North Central was the only empty constituency for BJP, which is a Congress guard. I think uh, BJP has never won that I think no has never won that seat right I mean uh, never contested never won it was Shivsena only once uh, they won twice from there but they also had given up the seat and it was uh, given so 2014 was a really turning point uh, where actually I could and when I asked for the ticket there were so many people who are uh, in BJP my leadership who have seen me growing said beta kyun kar rahe ho? I said sir jitungi, which way rakhi. I don't know somewhere I have believed in life. Whenever you go down and you turn that into positivity, things turn out good. So whenever I, with my defeats or mistakes, when I was negative, things were getting worse for me. Then I started turning, churning and thinking I'm a good person. Where am I going? And started thinking positively. And I'm telling you this 2014 ticket, I can write a big book on it. That how I got my ticket, how suddenly I got into it. And I was so... I knew people wanted change. People knew what is happening in this constituency, in the country, how they were looking up to the prime minister. So I knew the calculation was also right, which I saw my father doing it always. And nobody believed me that I'll win, but I had full faith. And uh, 2014, I won. And luckily, 2016, then Honorable Amit Shah Ji, who was my president, gave me uh, the youth wing's uh, you know, presidentship, which... Because what happens in, and what I believe why BJP is uh, equal with women also. In youth wing, in BJP, we have two wings, women's wing and youth wing and certain few more wings. Usually a youth wing goes to a man and a women's wing, of course, a woman can, you know, lead it. But this time, this is the second time in BJP. I'm a woman, which uh, is holding the youth wing's presidentship, which I believe maybe that's how uh, the surrounding of my party, me, it's always been. So that's how my journey is. Right now I'm here, 2019. 20 now, sorry. And still learning. I think we learn till we die. We learn so much, so much. I, I, I look at my son's books, I feel, My seven-year-old daughter talking about some artist, which I never seen it. 
and I'm I'm an inquisitive person. I love to learn. Avika and Adya, right? Yes, yes. So tell me, I mean, uh, how much time do you get to spend with them? I think in this sad pandemic time, uh, I've got the maximum time with my son and daughter. My son is fifteen and a half, almost sixteen, and my daughter is seven, and uh, they are totally two different uh, people. My son is a teenager, so think about it. Teenager boy is quite a big challenge for a mother to handle, but we are keeping it well. And uh, I believe he composes and sings as well, right? Yes, yes. Uh, he writes beautiful lyrics, and uh, I mean, I'm. This is completely different from our family. Then I realized my father and mother met in a play. They were performing when my father was her brother in acting as her brother. So they were also stage artists in college. My father and my mother. I said, "Kahin na kahin, kahan na kahan se aayi jata hai aap mein." So my son writes. He started writing his poems since he was eight, nine years old. Started writing about a crow and walking and shoes, and suddenly he's writing about from heartbreaks to being. you know as a teenager how difficult it is to cope up with the you know life and the people around you how they judge you so he writes beautifully composes music with his friends my daughter is a little bit of an artist loves to paint loves to do all other things how excited young girl does so it's like i see my childhood in her but it's been wonderful but do you do you do you as a family sit down and discuss politics or current affairs with them i mean do you do you have that So, do you give them exposure to world affairs? Actually, yes. Now it's completely different than before. So my son, when he was discussing his topics with me, mom, what kind of subject should I take? So there was one subject called global citizenship, which I requested him and pushed him that, beta, ye zarur kar lena. He's saying I don't want to get into politics. I said it's not about politics. It's about your being. That what kind of policies and what is ha- happening around the world. which so called you call me a politician you call me a policy maker how a public representative work for the people and how all the other institutions are working so i have put him in that thankfully he understands and now we have social media so they know everything and sometimes they ask really uh, really uncomfortable questions which i don't know how to answer to them because they have mind of their own but there's not political discussion on a dinner table till the time which even i my father when i was younger till the time you don't understand what you're talking about so there is a little strict rule i have kept you can't say ye aisa hai wo waisa hai it's not acceptable till the time you don't understand it uh, you mentioned global citizen and i remember i mean i remember when we met during global citizen and you were like at the forefront of it and uh, totally totally involved and i i still have a selfie of us taking it at 4 am in the morning i don't know if they remember that i remember that because i remember <laughs> so tell me quickly i mean uh, where did you get that whole uh, the talent because you were so you you were like an event manager you were like doing things pushing things where did this come from i mean were you in college or something you used to do things all multitasking i was my father's uh, operator come pa come my mother's uh, friend come if my brother wants something my mother in law wants some, i i i can do everything at one go and i have a knack to give people work so it's not only i have to run around for everything i know which you is a good talent who can do what global citizen happened only so beautifully and how we met actually at that time the biggest event I think India has ever seen. I mean, you are almost a lot of people. Yeah. We must thank the Prime Minister because he went 
and supported uh, global citizens there and they wanted to come but there was a story behind that so they wanted to do this show in delhi and they wanted to talk about you know how pop culture with youth we can get together you know with united nations support and raise lot of funds which we did you know and i know we raised good fund for united nations sustainable development goal but they wanted to do in delhi so i fought 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 and like a true mumbaikar though i love my city delhi it's my work city uh, and it's my karma bhumi but i still uh, as a mumbaikar i fought and i got them back in mumbai i said anything can happen big it has to be mumbai then we all got together i mean so many of us got together sabas everybody oh my god it was a huge huge thing government of maharashtra was with us the prime minister spoke i still remember there was a hitch someone was performing and the prime minister time was there and to tell that honorable performer boss the boss is coming please you are out of time yeah, i remember so many things happened i still remember and what we did through that it was just not an event it was what we showed to the world that even india can do something like that it was world class yeah and you know i think 6.2 billion dollars commitment we got it for 15 years i mean raj this was unbelievable it just we could not do it again but these 15 years the companies who committed for uh, sustainable development goal 456 yeah. education gender equality they're helping us i mean that i don't know how it comes in me my I, father used to do all the events in bjp so maybe i've seen it i'm a taskmaster a little bit so tell me what's your leadership style um because one thing i've spoken to a lot of colleagues of yours from the bharatiya yuva morcha and they just adore you they love you and uh, so tell me what's your leadership style how do you inspire people how do you inspire your cadre so interestingly when i became youth wing president i when i wanted to make my team and it's a huge team national team state team all these teams but national team comes under us when the national team was making i asked that time my president was amit shah i said amit bhai what should i do he said follow your heart take the right people in your team and work towards it so there was no any intervention from any leadership to decide what poonam should be doing so i got that free hand and uh, first time i got someone from the kashmir valley i went there uh, first time a youth wing program happened there kerala from barak valley in assam nagaland we got the entire country together in my national team and you know 50% of my national team have no political background so we do summer internship i mean i created something new because now the millennials also and especially from 2013 election 2013 2014 election youngsters started believing that politicians make policies and those policies affect our lives so we have to be part of those policy making so i got so many amazing young women and men talent in youth wing so we do our political programming our ideological work everything what we have to do we do it properly with that we add uh, we go beyond the periphery of a political leader political ideologue beyond that who wants to believe in us and connect to us i don't know if my team adores me but i believe that you need to have loyalty towards your work and in my team i give work to everyone i don't believe isko kaam nahi dena chahiye ye nahi kar payega i choose who can actually hold that kind of work so maybe that and they perform well and if someone performs i openly thank them i mean it's not like that it comes under my kitty or i put it in my pocket instant instant recognition yeah i believe leaders have to create leaders around you cannot i mean how do you become someone better because i don't believe i know everything 
So I need people to tell me what I should do. And only a team effort. My father always said, and this is what our ideology of BJP is, nobody is bigger than the organization. And the organization is your strength. You can become a president now or a nobody. But that organization which has been created, that has to be your strength. So I don't believe I'm here forever. So it's better I create something more positive and then move forward. Okay, Poonam, a little more personal. So tell me, and let's do a little bit of fun stuff. Tell me, you were closer to your mother or your father? Actually, mostly mom. Father never had time, but very open to my father. Uh, we used to be scared of him because he was so proper regimental person, like an army general. He was proper. But uh, we could say anything to him. But we used to think and say to him. It's not like spur of the moment we can talk. But more closer to my mom. My mom is the calming effect in our family. Mothers and daughters have a very uh, unique chemistry. <laughs> so how's, your, how's your relationship with your mom? Uh, someone told me that after a certain time, when you become a mother, you don't get along with your mother. And when you try, you become your mother. So someone asked me that. I said, I cannot become my mother. My mother is the most calming person in our family who prays, who are always positive. She never just picks the negative. If I tell her, mom, I've put on weight. She said, no, beta, four days exercise, kar lo, khana kam khalo, sab ho She won't say, look at you. You know, I'm regimental to my children. This is not right. This is not right. My mother will not say this is wrong. She'll try to say we can correct it. So I just couldn't take that from her. <laughs> that is becoming difficult. But she, she's the calming spiritual strength for us. Okay, what are the three things that your mother feels that you annoy her? I think I annoy her with my temper. Because bahar bahut Every evening the bum is just putos in the evening. Like I complain about my children to my mother. So that must be 100% annoying her. Uh, I don't have to ask her, but I think she really extremely adores me. So she, I don't annoy her much. There must be 500 things I don't want to disclose. It. I saw a very cute picture on Instagram. I think today or yesterday you posted with your mom and your daughter. You know, on... Uh... Yes, but my mother looked so cute. That was her first uh, Zoom call. Okay. With, yes, with this organization which my father built, the first ever organization to make politicians, public leaders, what they should do. It's called Rambhav Malgi Prabodhini. That was his dream and it's come true. So she's on that board. And the way she was talking to everyone, it was sweet. It was a very I, cute I, picture. Very, very cute I, picture. I, I shared it. Yeah, very nice. So tell me... You know, I won't, I'll let you go, but uh, before we spend too much time, two, three uh, closing questions. Uh, who are the three women who have inspired you? If you have to think of three women who have inspired you. My mother, for sure. Um, I can say Indira Gandhi, first ever prime minister of this country. And Sushma Swaraj, if they, I have to put three. You know, every night before sleeping, I watch Sushma Ji's speeches. Any language. She knew Kannada. She knew Sanskrit. I saw her one beautiful, and I'll send it to you, one beautiful interview on Park TV when she was there in Pakistan in 2002. Urdu. And I see her, I used to see her speaking. We always, you know, for women leaders in any party, they look up to very few women leaders. Though it's Indira Gandhi, Sushma Ji, Vijay Raji Sindhya. We as younger lot, we always looked up to Sushma ji and a great loss, I mean, for this country. But 
I always follow and see the class, the panache, that woman was so proper. So my mother, Indira Gandhi and Sushma Ji. Okay. And uh, so tell me, finally, what does, and this is a question I ask all my guests. Okay. Okay. All, all my guests. So what are the three things that make you happy and what is your definition of happiness? You know, happiness is state of mind. I've just realized that uh, we are sitting at home for past 50 days. And uh, when my son says, oh, mom, I'm tired and I'm unhappy sitting at one place. I said, beta, sab pe hai. Ye sab kuch nahi hota hai. Now, of course, for a teenager, he won't understand. I think that makes me now... Maybe that makes me happy to believe that happiness is a state of mind. And wherever I am, I try to deal with situation and find happiness through this. That's point number one. My children make me really, really happy. They do annoy me, but they make me really, really happy. My children, including my dogs. So there are four kids I have at home, two human and two dogs. And what makes me happy when I'm working, see, for a political life, when you're working so much for people and people give you appreciation. There are, first, I thought it's a thankless job, but now people also understand that a politician also puts in some kind of effort and they're really doing something as public representative. And I'm happy whenever I'm in my constituency. If I hear complain, I sort it out. They really thank me or they appreciate me. So I'm thankful to those people. That makes me happy. And there's a lot of appreciation right now. As I told you, I mean, Interviewing a politician is always a questionable thing, but uh, now the appreciation makes me really happy. Okay, Shor Kumar songs make me happy. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> okay, I, I have uh, one or two questions that still come to my mind is so tell me, I mean, not now because now it's different. Uh, a Sunday or a holiday for you, what would your Sunday be like? You'd hang out with friends, just laze around, watch movies. What would, what would your typical Sunday be like? So there is no Sunday as such. Kuch bhi chutti mil jai, that's perfect for us. Uh, there's no Sunday in our worksheets. But uh, I wake up on time. I can't wake up late. So my mind starts working from 5, 6. I can laze around, but that's okay. Uh, that time, uh, I just want to be... I'm not a very uh, outgoing person. So it's not like that I want to go out and sit. Because I'm always surrounded by people. So for me, I just need key to keep myself calm. Uh, have chit chat with the family a little bit and just be myself. I'm a little, uh, sometimes a loner and uh, I love to binge watch a lot of series. That's the only time I get flights, which are shut right now, whenever they open, that's the only time or when kids are busy or late at night, I binge watch a lot of series or a lot of different documentaries. I love watching that. Yeah. Uh, before I ask you the last question, you know, I've been told many times by my wife and my daughter that you have to thank your viewers at the end of the show. And I want to thank each one of you for coming on the show, watching me, encouraging me and supporting me. Uh, you can follow me, Raj Cheerful, on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, YouTube, Raj Cheerful with a double L. And my last question to Poonam Arjun before she goes. Poonam, are you there? Can I I'm here, yes. <laughs> so my, uh, it's not a question. I mean, this is for you, an opportunity for you to address all your fans, the viewers who are watching this show and any message you want to give them in today's day and age. Oh, okay. 
uh, first of all, I don't. They say the politician always has to have the last word. No, no, nothing like that. We always, yes, I always say that when I'm holding a mic, that we have a very strange relationship. Sati Savitri ki relationship jaise Sati ki uske pati ke saath hoti hai, waise hamari mic ke saath hai. We don't leave it. We just want to, you know, express ourselves. I think I don't know fans, but I want to talk to your viewers and my viewers. There's only one thing what we have to look at this whole situation in the world is this virus has become a great equalizer for all of us. I mean, um, it has just crossed barriers of stronger country to weaker country to caste, creed, uh, to any other places, languages, anything. This, this has really made an equalizer and it has equalized us as human beings. I think this is the great learning time, maybe after World War I and World War II. This is a third war which we are seeing where we as human beings can actually build more positive future for our coming generations. What has happened, why it's happened, we have to study it and we have to find it. But those mistakes, what has happened, what is, we can work on and you know, correct these mistakes. I can look as my country, even humanity, but in my country, this country is facing uh, such a difficulty, but we all have come together we all have supported each other. There's no politics in between who's helping more or who's helping less. We just want to do more. It's not only a politician, anybody, any Indian, whatever he can contribute or she can contribute has contributed. This has equal, this is what I'm saying that virus has equalized us, is a great equalizer. And I want to request all of you, keep that positivity on. We have to live with the virus. We have to move beyond that. We have to find ourselves peaceful. We have to find ourselves in coming times successful. And success in these times, you know, so many countries fell in First World War, Second World War, and so many new countries came up and stood behind. I think this is India's time. Yes, we are seeing a lot of pain, a lot of stress. We are seeing people on the road. We are seeing a lot of even sadness also. But that is teaching us as human beings and as a nation, that how do we behave, how do we create ourselves, and how do we again rise? And maybe this is the time for India, I feel, that India can come together and make its mark in the world. Poonam, I think this is a great equalizer, great learning experience for us. I hope we as human beings learn from this, evolve as even better human beings going forward. And I'm to thank you. It's been Raj Ji, Mr. Nayak, but of course, Raj. It took four years uh, from G to Mr. Nayak to come to Raj. Yeah. But I'm so grateful to you to connect. Uh, give me this platform. I'm very happy uh, that we could chat. It's been a long time. And we could actually speak. You actually took the real Poonam out of me, which... Uh, I can go on, you know, but, <laughs> time. Yeah. but I'm, I'm, you know, it takes a time. Uh, it takes a toll for a person who's gone through so much in life to open up. But I think with you, it was quite easy. And I'm thankful to you. Thank you, Poonam. Thank you so much. It was lovely speaking to you. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this Sochcast. What is your Soch? Send us your comments on our Facebook page and Instagram page. It's time for you to do your own Sochcast. At Sochcast, apni Soch dunia ko sunao. Sochcast.